On this episode, we invite back Jason C. from the Mash and Drum to join Dude, Brett, and the Flying Buckeye as we spend the evening tasting bourbon and talking about life and the bourbon industry. Find out what we thought on this episode of The Bourbon Hunters. But before we get started, do you want to support our podcast? Do you like bourbon gear? Visit our website at www.bourbonhunters.com to buy some of our custom bourbon gear and support the podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Hunters. I'm Duke Bourne, joined by Brett Ryan, and we've got uh, two guests today. And uh, surprise, surprise, no Tyler. But uh, first, we've got uh, Jason from the Mash and Drum. What's going on, fellas? And then we've got the, the Flying the Buckeye. Flying Buckeye. The flying Buckeye. Yeah. Back again. Whose name we do not actually know. Um, <laughs> shall not mystery. shall not be mentioned. Um, so uh, today we don't really have much of a theme except for let's. Uh, make fun of Tyler's take on Ted Lasso. <laughs> uh, so that, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> so uh, that's, I think that's the, uh, the big theme for today. We're just going to drink some stuff and, you know, no real theme. Um, I bought, I brought, I brought some things like I always do. Yeah. Jason brought some things, which is uh, no real surprise, I guess. But uh, I think I was just going to open up the, the room, let you guys choose what you want, have what you want. And uh, we just sit around and tell what we're drinking and talk about whatever. It's been a minute since uh, you've been here and, mm-hmm. You've been uh, traveling and doing picks and pick things. Yeah, I've had a pretty uh, pretty amazing last couple of weeks with uh, some of the stuff going on with uh, Mass and Journey Whiskey Club and just the Mass and Drum. Uh, tomorrow night's a big night for my channel. Um, I know people will probably not hear this until it's already happened, but uh, yeah, yeah. So tomorrow tomorrow I'm going to be doing a double dip live stream. It's a back to back, five thirty to seven o'clock. Doctor Patrick Heist, Chief. Uh, scientific officer at Wilderness Trail will be live in studio in the Master Drum Whiskey Room tomorrow. Oh, is it going to be actually? Wow. It's going to be actually oh, yeah at cool. my place. That's nice. Awesome. Doing a live interview, which is really cool. Yeah. So now, correct me if I'm wrong. That guy is he? Before they started that, they were consultants, right? Didn't yeah, they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Him and his him and his um, uh, his partner Shane. Uh, they did. They ran Firm Solutions. Yeah. Which uh, which basically they were, I mean. They were basically yeast distributors and, you know, but they did a lot of other things for new startup distillers as far as like cleaning tanks, the right way to, to properly, um, you know, uh, sanitize your, your equipment. They, they had their hands all over the industry. They were probably, you just stand in a, you know, in a, in a bourbon aisle, you're probably within arm's length of another brand that they've, you know, helped out. Yeah. And consulted uh, for. Yeah. yeah. And they, you know, they parlayed that into a, uh, to Wilderness Trail, which was just bought by just Campari. Bought. Right. So it'll be interesting to kind of get his take on that and see. Yeah, that'll be that'll be neat to hear. I think most of the questions will probably be geared towards the you know the buyout and what that looks like going yeah. forward. And I just like that. watched your Larceny uh, B twenty three or whatever. Yeah. yeah, just watch that one. So it's it's kind of sounds like they're a little bit on an upswing. The Larceny barrel proofs. Yeah, they've gotten a lot better and more consistent over the last uh, the last like, few releases. I think I think they hit their stride. Um, I was not a fan of it when it first came out. Yeah, I hated the releases because I thought well, they, they were just did. inconsistent for one. Well, they drank too hot. They tasted young, and yeah. there was no, 
there was nothing weeder about it. Yeah. There was no weeded bourbon type of profile to it at all. Right. Um, but then we kind of had some hope. Uh, last year, we had the B522, which was like, oh, okay, this is better. Yeah. And then C922 came out, which ended up being Breaking Bourbons. Yeah, bourbon, I got bourbon of the year. Of the year. I yeah. ended up getting two of those. Yeah, that we was just, a great we release. We into uh, the, what was it, the Heaven Hill distillery they had at that yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. So I bought one. That was my second bottle. Yeah. So I bought that. Uh, and we got one online together, too, if I remember. Yeah, the... Uh, TSR, I think. It was TSR or somewhere. Yeah, it might have been TSR. Yeah, yeah, that was a great release. Uh, A123 started off, I mean, pretty solid. I don't think it was as good as a C922, in my opinion. But then B523 is like, hey, C922, hold my beer. Um, <laughs> wow. It's, it's so, really good. So did you did you think the B523 <laughs> is better than the C922? When you when I actually compared them, they, they're actually pretty different when you go right. back and forth. I remember you were talking about one being a little bit spicier, one being a little yeah, bit sweeter. B523 has the sweet, and it's also got the finish, the, the spicy, spicy finish, finish. but hmm. more sweet. There's also this burst of like a strawberry Pop-Tart thing that I get right in the mid-palate. Yeah. Um, C922 is a much darker experience, I think. It's more barrel char, almost like a molasses type note. Yeah. Um, I really do feel like there might be some older whiskey in that blend mm. it's it's supposedly six to eight years i wouldn't be surprised if it's more on the high side yeah for that batch um was i the only one who when he said it was a little bit darker just my head went somewhere else like he woke up with a sore asshole and, like, <laughs> ether <on his> <laughs> or something. so i, I don't know oh. maybe i was the only one so john uh, fitzgerald is <laughs> rolling in his grave <laughs> 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 laughing <laughs> um all right so uh i mean it uh, I've been trying to. I, I feel like I've been so disconnected from the from the bourbon world lately. Like it's just there's just been so much going on. But I started watching a few of your episodes just to try to get reconnected back to that. What do you think about the Daniel Weller announcement? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, the puppet masters at Sazerac doing their thing again. Like honestly, to like, make more money. Yeah, but that, people are going to go crazy over that shit. Well, like everything, bottle, we're never going to see the just, right. just like the there. Weller single barrel, right? Um, Never see that shit, and like, it goes make for... Make more of what is already out there, and yeah. then make that available. Don't make it new, a whole new brand. But this is a little bit of a different uh, mash bill, right? Yeah, so this is using a... Uh, the oh, It starts with an E. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but it's a certain type of wheat uh, mash bill, that they're a specific wheat that Daniel, like William Lee Weller's great-grandfather or something. You know, they wrap this whole story around it. Yeah. Um, but I, w what I will say is it, it comes in a different bottle, so this isn't meant to be a line extension. Yeah. This is apparently, though, going to be, I think from what I read, you know, a not an annual release of that specific one, but releases we'll see from the Weller line with, like, these different types of grain bills going yeah. forward, which is what a lot of distillers are So, like, experimental, experimental stuff or something? Yeah. I know Harlan Wheatley's really kind of taken a deep dive into that from Buffalo Trace. Yeah, you know, it sounds like it. But what I thought was kind of neat about it, I just wish it didn't have the word Weller in it. Right. Like, I'd that immediately drives yeah. up the public interest. Well, and I, and so I don't even care about that. Like, anything it. Buffalo Trace releases is going to drive up the public interest. But I just wish it didn't have the name Weller to it. Like, if it was just... You know, yeah, Daniel Weller, Daniel, whatever it's called. Yeah, uh, Daniel Weller. And it, but, uh, it's got a compass I, on the top, which is, you one, know. But one thing that's very unlike Buffalo Trace is the price point of it. MSRP is 500 bucks. Right. I, I did see that. So so okay. normally they, and maybe they're, maybe they're experimenting with secondary. Yeah. Trying to keep things from becoming yeah. so I expensive. I still think it's going to go for, you know, $3,000 to $4,000. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, but... 
you know, at, you know, being a $500 price point. This is what a lot of people thought like the B tax should be because people just upcharge them so much. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, most folks will never see a bottle. These will go to probably a lot of the execs and stockholders and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, I don't know. But I mean, a $500 bottle, a 94 proof weeded bourbon that's from, uh, I don't know, some, some grain that I've not tried. I'm not really so not even that sad H about it. it. It's just a special grain, no, right? Well, it's, they, they, they it's do say, the regular the, they do say, yeah, they do say in the write up that it has a good age to it. So, okay. So I, it's interesting for sure. I just, like you, like you said, I think, uh, Chris, that if it's going to, I'm sorry, flying Buckeye. Yeah. <laughs> if, if it's uh, <laughs> half, half, of, half of the uh, mystery has been solved. Yeah. No, but we'll I just, just think that if, out later. <laughs> it'll just be it'll be it'll robotic. Beep. Flying Buckeye. Uh, Emmer Emmer <laughs> Emmer wheat. That's what Emmer wheat. Emmer Emmer wheat. Yeah. Yeah. Five hundred five hundred dollar MSRP. It'll be interesting. I, we'll never see it. It might. It might be on an Ohio lottery. I mean, they might get five bottles here. Who right. knows? So it's just under twelve years old. Apparently, it's just aged under. for nearly twelve. So I don't know if that means ten or eleven or we'll yeah, say. right. It says it's, age nearly. Yeah. And who knows what MR wheat's going to do to the flavor? Like, is that going to be different than what you normally get from a, you know? And are they using the regular yeast that they that they use and stuff like that? Do they say or that doesn't get that deep down in the weeds? Yeah. It's oh. more about the story of the Emmer wheat and the and William Lou Weller's you know great grandfather and right. his namesake on it. Yeah, the bottle's really nice. I like the bottle. No, the, it, um, everything about it looks neat. Yeah, I just you know the one thing I I don't like about it is that it has the name Weller on it. That's the problem with because I just feel like people are going to think it's an extension of the line. I know. Um, yeah, and yeah. then they're going to be crying and. and and the and the write up actually makes you think that way because yeah. it says uh, this is added to the Descent lineup of relation, you know, Weller Special up, Reserve Antique and but it's not really that yeah um, right so I mean I get it but listen Buffalo Trace could name it Shithead Bourbon and people will go if and it's they would pay yeah crazy Buffalo, for their it. play is crazy money for it I yeah. don't know what it is about Buffalo Trace <clears throat> and people's just like romanticism with it it's it's, it's, it's like beanie babies from the 90s yeah <laughs> there's I, just I, certain yeah. trends that happen that people jump on for whatever reason like i know i've said this before but whatever it is with these fucking jeep wranglers and people putting ducks all <laughs> the over duck them thing, yeah. like what the fuck this is the dumbest <laughs> shit i've ever seen but it's always like some woman in a Jeep Wrangler with ducks lined across the whole fucking windshield every time I turn around. <laughs> what started this crazy trend? I have no idea. I just want to say this uh, real quick. Uh, my girlfriend, Kim, if you're listening, he's not talking about your mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my mom drives a Jeep Wrangler, too. My mom, like, her mom has a Jeep Wrangler with a bunch of ducks. My mom has <laughs> My mom has a Jeep Wrangler, too. Like, I'm, I don't know. From what's been explained to me by the flight attendants that leave the Jeeps in the parking lot of the airport, they swap ducks. So if you see a jeep that you like or something you have to give them one of your ducks from your dashboard i don't oh, know is, right that, there, oh, is that how it works yeah, i don't know you just put it on their side view mirror on the hood or something and you just try to collect ducks. i had jeeps for years and that wasn't a thing that's kind of neat but <laughs> my point is like trends like what started that trend versus what started this crazy buffalo trace trend like there's no rhyme well, or buff- reason well, to buffalo it. trace was i think you know that trend you could trace back to um uh what's his name um anthony bourdain Saying, you know, starring uh, the whole Pappy craze. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, the Pappy Gate thing. I I think think Pappy helped the Buffalo Trace in general. Yeah, for sure. And I think everyone automatically thought that whatever. And plus, then you have, then you couple that with the the scarcity of Buffalo Trace because people want what they can't have. Yeah. 
So I think all that kind of combined is what yeah, boosted you know, Buffalo it's, trade. It's and, and essentially, and just, yeah, and this this doesn't this doesn't Everybody take wants away. What they can't have whoever said that. Yeah, yeah. A great line there. And this doesn't take away from anything Buffalo Trace does. They make great. They make good. Uh, they make great bourbon. Yeah, it's fine. Most of their lineup though, it's. It's okay. I yeah. mean, I I'd rather drink most of the stuff on the shelf. Now we talk BTAC and stuff. That's another level of bourbon, but you know. Yeah, I I'm right there with you. Um, all right. I think we all. How are we all doing on our primers? Is everyone? Uh, this I, is a good barrel got of rebel, by the way. I brought over. I've not had a bad uh, rebel tin ever. I've had I've had some different ones. I've had I've had one that was really down like that Heaven Hill nutty yeah, line. I that feel really like this has a little more citrusy. This is kind more of citrus thing. fruit, yeah, yeah. like little red fruit too. Mm-hmm. This is nice. I feel like, I feel I like the old rebels. Citrus on those. Well, the old rebels, I feel like, were more like what you're talking about, mm-hmm. and the newer ones with the new labeling, it's almost like they snuck in a little bit something different. And this is nice. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed the new ones for sure. I enjoyed the old ones too. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But uh, that ten year age statement really helps it out for sure. I think uh, it's just so good at ten years. Just a nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a really. Even I think a lot kill. of weeders are just kind of nice and in, mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. range too, especially when they're not too hot. Like, you know, what's that a hundred proof for the Rebel Ten? Right, I think so. Mm-hmm. So it's. Uh, I mean, I think that's a good area for wheat oh, to yeah. begin with. Like mm-hmm. that one hundred. Like even the. Weller 107, the antique. I mean, that's good. You've got the 101 from the uh, Maker's Mark. You've, even all the Maker's Private Selects are in that 110. Like, they're not super crazy high. I, I don't know. I just think that's a good weeded uh, heat. I agree. You have, uh, you have Green River that just released that really nice $35 weeded bourbon. Is that available in Ohio? Yeah, it is. I'm, hmm, is it? Yeah, I don't think it is. I still haven't found the. Uh, I, I still haven't right? found the Bottled and Bond uh, Bardstown yet. Well, that thing came and went. I know. Real quick. I'm gonna just ha- take a trip down there. Yeah, you should have told me. I would have brought you the bottles. You guys could have done kind of a drink through with it. I have all three. I've got the white. The white. Actually, that's not the... true. I don't have the rye. I have the. I have the Bottled and Bond weeder. The high I have rye. the regular bourbon, the high rye, in the, yeah. in the bourbon, yeah. I've got the high rye. I got two bottles of that as soon as I saw it, and I drank through one pretty quick, actually. It's pretty good. But I've heard the bottled and bond is the, the bell of the ball from that collection. That, that weeder can go right up against the best of them. Really? Mm-hmm. And that's uh, 100 proof, right? 100 I mean, proof. That's what I mean. So, yeah, that's a good spot. What's the, And it's is it bottled and bond, or is it just 100 proof? No, it's bottled and bond. So <clears> it's at least four years old. Do you know what the age statement is on it? I believe it's six. Six years? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Five to that's six good. years old. What uh, so? What are you drinking over there? You got c- yeah. So uh, when I got tipped off about our guest host, guest picker there, and I, I don't really know much about Mash and Jerome, but I was kind of looking up uh, things before this episode, mm-hmm. and I saw you worked with Fred Minnick or mm-hmm. in the past, whatever. So I brought over a pick, uh, the Fred Minnick show. Maybe you were a part of this. It's a single barrel from Cedar Ridge. I was not a part of this pick, but um, you know, dude will tell you I've done. Our club did two picks of Cedar Ridge, okay. and we were a huge fan. I of, love the stuff. of what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, Cedar Ridge does some really unique technical things there with their distillation. They do this thing, and I've explained this before. They do this thing called off-grain distillation, where they just—it's just basically putting the grain in a press, squeezing it all out, which goes into the uh, into the still. Okay. So it's like getting every bit of liquid you can out of the grain before it hits the still, which you know many don't do. They just throw everything in the still. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why their their uh, their distillate is so clean tasting. It's not really grainy for a young whiskey. It's good stuff. Yeah, I hope it you know becomes more of a of a thing. It's, it's, I, I hope it does. I'm, I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. They also make incredible American single malts. They have a brand called the Quintessential, which is just. I've had some really bad American single malts lately, 
but the quintessential from Cedar Ridge might be my favorite. Should try this one out. I haven't okay. opened it yet. This is a cask strength American single malt yeah. from Old Line. Old Line. Oh, Old Line out of uh, Maryland, Baltimore. right? Yeah, we'll pass this one around. Yep. Yeah, this is the cask strength hand-selected pick of Cedar Ridge. Yeah, this, is a, this is a Fred Minnick pick, huh? Yeah. All right. Hand-selected by Fred Minnick. Minnick pick. But, yeah, I'm surprised that, you know, there's not a, a bigger presence with just uh, small craft bourbon bourbon uh, distillers in Iowa. Cause, you know, you go to the source, and with bourbon being, you know, at least 51% corn, Iowa is a big corn state. Yeah. I'm just surprised there's not more. Is the corn in Iowa, is it bourbon corn? They, I mean, you know, there's different types. You know, like there's the corn yeah, that I mean, is used I'm for sure, I'm sure some of it is because when I went there and me and Scott were driving, I mean, it was just miles and miles and miles of corn. Like as far as the eye could see, corn. Yeah. Like, Well, there's different levels of I mean, corn. Like some of it's just used for feed. Some of it's yeah. used for... Yeah. You know, like uh, uh, cooking type, uh, you know, grain type stuff, you know, like sure. uh, cornmeal, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's all the same. Like, for example, like uh, what's the blood butcher or butcher? Bloody butcher corn. Yeah. And then you've got uh, sweet corn, which is big around here in right. like the falls, you know, when they have those festivals and stuff. But mm -hmm. I, I don't think you use sweet corn for that. I think it's a completely different no, strain. No, you usually right? use the yellow dent corn. Um, you know, there, there's definitely specific corns that you use for distillation. Um Usually, some of have higher starch than others, which will give you, which will garner some more sweetness than others. It's a lot of different types of corn, but so this smells young to me. How old is this? Usually, these are about three years old, okay. if that. I I definitely get some corn on the. On oh the yeah, nose. you definitely get it on here. But and I don't know when he picked this, because uh, this smells younger than our pick than what we did. So this could have been even earlier on. Now it says straight, so I mean so it's we know at least it's at two least years, two. Right? Well, we know it's at least two. I get the clean lit you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I get a lot of corn, but it has sneaky. It, it has sneaky like bright fruit notes. And, yeah, there's in a. This. It was interesting when as soon as it touched my tongue, I, I got some youthful corn kind of flavor mm -hmm. that you get on youthful whiskey. But mm -hmm. it it did evolve as it passed over my tongue. That was actually not too bad. It's a, it's it a changes, good yeah yeah it's, it's a, a good, good morphing, um, good morphing taste. Yeah, it it does evolve as I as I traversed the tongue. <laughs> as it traversed my palate. Mm -hmm. um, but no, that's I mean it does taste youthful, but it does have a nice uh, like you said a cleanness to it, like mm -hmm. a. Um, and that's you say that goes to their uh, to their method of how they do the distilling. You think. Yeah, I, I think that's a big part of it. But I also just think uh, the distiller is super talented. Um, Murph, as they, as, as they call him. I think he's a really Murphy Quint. Um, they call him Murph, and he's just a really cool, really just a great distiller. He's really got a passion for uh, American single malt as well, as I mentioned. But they're just making really good. And now they're starting to see double oaked. Uh, one of ours was a double oaked uh, release. Yeah. Cast strength releases. They're starting to play with finishes now. I just think as their stuff evolves over time, I, I think it's one of the best-kept secrets. This is really interesting. Was, mm -hmm. For as young as it is, it, it definitely, as it hits the back of my throat, I'm not going to call it the finish because it's, it's like right before that. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it really gets a little more complexity there, and I get a lot more flavor on the back of my tongue mm -hmm. uh, than I do on the front. What's the did you say? Uh, it's cask strength. It is at uh, about, about 120 proof. Well, it doesn't drink like it at no, all. No, I definitely. That's don't why I was that. curious. The proof. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't taste like a 120 mm-hmm. proof. Yeah, that sure. off-grain distillation process they use is just it's crazy. <laughs> they have this crazy machine that looks like a giant loaf of Wonder Bread. Yeah, <laughs> the and machine it's does? Yeah, it's like all these like slices, and oh. basically these are all different like compression plates that they put the grain through, and this it's thing just, just squeezes it out of it. Like an accordion almost? Yeah, yeah, and what's left is like this, um, you get like this granular... You know the grain, like yeah, and yeah. you can literally like smush it together and make like a granola bar out of it. It should be like more surface area, really. <laughs> yeah. If you think about smashing it down, there's more surface area to extract that you yeah. know, out of it. Yeah, that could, that that's how sense. they make yeah. Nature Valley so, gran- granola bars that yeah. crumble all over. Yeah, that's, so, what, that's what they do with the remainder. They. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think they were thinking like uh, trying to make like a bar out of it, and like you know, obviously giving it to like cow feed in the area and stuff yeah. like that. It's, yeah. it's crazy. That's you, you interesting. Mentioned the offshoots too. They also did a. a, a combination with a slipknot and you know whatever for the music if you huh. like or not but they have a, a slipknot release that i've got a couple bottles of it oh that's too. cool that's yes yeah slipknot done it's yeah. not the cast strength yeah. but it's a single barrel and it's, it's pretty good i've got the Beartooth uh middle west spirits uh release that they did for rye in the back there oh, that's cool yeah, are you a slipknot fan by the way wasn't. no <laughs> I, don't, I don't dislike slipknot they're all right i was only going to say so there's a guy from my hometown that he has this like it's like a warehouse now full of masks all right, and like you know, Slipknot wears the masks, and he has an mm-hmm. Instagram page. It's like House of Masks, and oh, he has—I wow. think he just got a hundred thousand followers. Like, it's insane the amount of masks that this guy has, and like a couple of the Slipknot ones are like. Could they, you imagine how many followers he would have if he actually did a bourbon page? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a private. Like he doesn't let people into it. It's his oh. own private collection, is what it is, and he's done like one or two open houses um, because of the demand, and then. Um, it's just his Instagram page of him always posting these masks, but there's a huge cult following for this stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know shit about it, hmm. but I was going to like direct you to it. If you like Slipknot to see the masks and stuff, right. I don't know shit about it. <laughs> you <laughs> know more f- for not knowing anything about it. You know more than anyone in the room. Yeah. Like well, he's from good. my hometown is the only reason I, Oh, uh, he is. yeah, he's from my hometown. His shops in Chillicothe. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. They've done two releases uh, for Slipknot. Well, Cedar Ridge. Oh wow! Okay, yep. did you just did you just fact check that? No, no, I I was just swiping some notifications. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I just knew from uh, just from memory. Memory. So, Chris, I know you've never met Jason before, but flying in, Buckeye Encyclopedia. <laughs> I've already let the cat out of the You're bag. Really, yeah. Post production's gonna have yeah. their hands more. <laughs> it, it, it really isn't. It's gonna be published. Public. That's that's the post. Yeah. I'm gonna record the intro, hopefully sober, and uh, it's gonna just go out. <laughs> but uh, when Tyler's not here, post production goes down immensely. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to delete any stupid. Talking shit about there. books that have been <laughs> yeah. banned books, banned yeah. books, or uh, you know books that might be questionable if you own them. Uh, so anyway, gosh, yeah. I was really hoping he'd be here for this episode. I wanted to trash his opinion on Ted Lasso. He'll probably <laughs> show up in like ten minutes. So we're yeah. gonna we're gonna trash Ted Lasso. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, to hear his thoughts on before we like you know dive into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one other uh, new bourbon that's coming out that I wanted to ping you guys on is the. Um, have you heard about Marianne Eve's new? No, is she the, still consulting or does she start a new brand? This one's called. I have to whisper when I say this. Forbidden. Sounds like a just forbidden. Like, I was waiting for like something else. <laughs> it sounds like an eau de parfum. It's just, yeah, exactly, as you, as you uh, say it that it way. Just, it literally it it sounds it's it's forbidden. So uh, no, but you, what's it called? 
Forbidden. Forbidden. I know we're oh. allowed to have it, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's that whole who's on who's first. Who's on first? Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Um, so what is the uh, – is this a brand she's coming up with or is she consulting for it or what is this? Is this like a special blend she's doing? What's the – So I'll, I'll tell you this. The, the marketing on this bourbon is unbelievable. So just like – just a, a shoulder of the bottle – yeah, so light. I don't know if you could see the photo of her, but that's the photo of her standing behind the bar yeah. holding her bottle of Forbidden. Um, this is the – so what I'll tell you about it, uh, this is the industry's first white corn and white winter wheat expression of Kentucky bourbon, inspired by southern cooking. Ooh. Forbidden is the culmination of nearly a decade of work by Eves to capture the essence of an elegant mature bourbon achieved by non-traditional – Low temperature fermentation. Got so, some opinions already about this. So, <laughs> so it's southern. Southern. And it's white corn. Mm-hmm. White wheat. And it's white wheat. Where are you going with this? I'm just, I'm just wondering. Are, are, are they sure they didn't want to call it Rise of the South or anything like that? I mean, yeah. So, so this, is, this is the thing. The, the creativity involves a certain degree of rebellion to complete completely oh. creative... I tend to, yeah. They should have just Another put word. a Dukes of Hazard <laughs> right <laughs> thing on it. Generally, yeah. you open it and it plays the fucking. As soon as you open the bottle, my mind has never went there. Now I can't unthink it. Thank you guys. That's amazing. Jeez. I tell you. While so while creating Forbidden, I've had the freedom to cross deep into uncharted territory by using non-traditional ingredients and techniques. <laughs> the resulting bourbon on my palate is perfection. This is a five-year-old bourbon bottled at 95.2 proof. Um, cuisine quality, white corn, darker notes, balanced the fruity floral yeast, creme brulee, dried fruit, hazelnut, light sweet citrus. Um, if you uh, have you had it yet? No, I, I, I did order a bottle just because I want to shit on it. <laughs> however, however, if I like it, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> so how did you order a bottle? Where did you order a bottle? So there was a pre-order. You don't have uh, to say the place. But. No, yeah, it was, there was a pre-order online. Yeah. I kind of jumped on it because I'm like, I got to taste this thing. Yeah. But I don't get, know. Do you guys, ahead of it. Yeah. Do you guys know Alan Bishop at uh, Spirits of French Lick? Or do you know of Spirits of French Lick? I, I have some Spirits of French Lick in the bag. So uh, if you follow him on Facebook, he's he's brilliant and he's also hilarious. Yeah. And you talk about a rebel. He's way more of a rebel than that description was. Okay. He literally wrote like a like a five paragraph diatribe on how that is all bullshit. He's like he's like all this stuff that they're saying at a low temperature using these grains. I've been doing this for like three years. Yeah. Or people have been doing this for years yeah. before any of this ever. They just haven't marketed it. Ex- exactly, and that's mm. the difference. Right. But so this, see, I went like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this this spurned like this whole conversation on my channel the other night of uh, you know there are people asking me, do you think bourbon has jumped a shark? And I'm like, I don't think it's jumped the shark so much. Um, maybe to some folks it has, but I think where bourbon has lost it for me, has lost its way for me a little bit, is the value of marketing over the product in the bottle. And I understand why. No. Totally get it. Yeah. Well, totally here, understand here's, why. Here's the thing. <clears throat> when you're a niche product, you get the collectors, you get the people that are truly drinking it for the bourbon. You get, you know, that mixture of people like that. This is this is all just my opinion. This is not fact. Okay, so <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> but as soon as but as soon as that reach expands, 
you start getting the interest of package whores, like my wife. Like, she loves a nice package. That's why she so married why me. So why she doesn't say, why'd she marry you? <laughs> I, I, be, I beat you to the punch on that one. I wasn't going to let you rip me down. But no, seriously, like, when we were into wine, we would go by a, a liquor store, and we would go in, and we would check out the wine collection. She didn't give a shit what was in the bottle. If it had a nice label on it, we'd buy it. I mean, and that's and that's how it is with her vodka. She loves vodka. I've talked about that a lot of times. I compare it to kind of Jackie's eye can when it comes to vodka on that. Yep. But like, she's done blind tastings of vodka and been able to tell the differences of them. Like that's it's impressive. It's not. I mean, it kind of is. Well. It kind of is because I've done some. Like I can tell Wheatley from Tito's, and I can tell mm-hmm. you know. So, so I wouldn't have been able to a few years ago. But she is a package whore. So she, and it goes with everything. It goes with the food. It goes with her vodka. It goes with everything. So when you say package whore, do you mean like the prettier the package, the more likely she's buying it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought that was understood. So so thanks for clearing that up. Because, <laughs> like, honestly, I've been calling her a package whore for years, and that's probably not clear to everybody. So I'm glad you said I, something. I mean, I was about to go talk to her. So <laughs> yeah. I've got a package. <laughs> I heard, you're a whore. I heard yeah. you're a package whore. Yeah. Now, how it's does wrapped this work? in a bow right now. So you want to take a peek? How does this know? work? Is it a delivery thing? Yeah. Or? Yeah. yeah. Overnight. Like, what do you need? Uh, uh, yeah. So no, uh, express delivery. What? Like what? But yeah. I, I think my, I think marketing because of the, the saturation of the, of the bourbon market, the American whiskey market. Attention. Yeah. There's, there's ways to do this, but, but there's ways to do it though without without seeming or coming off so like you've created the the, the invented thing. something new yeah which or, when you know yeah. you haven't because in my mind right there it, it it makes me think all right you're going after the bourbon novice that knows nothing you're telling them this grand story that they're gonna think hey look what I just bought I have something that's never been created before which is bullshit right so do you, so so let's take a step back on that because I, I agree with everything you just said. How, what percentage of the bourbon purchasing population now do you think that applies to? I think it's primarily the new drinkers, but, but I, I'm not right. But like as far as percentages, yeah. you still have, do you new think drinkers. we're still, you think that's 50% of the people now? I think it's more than 50%. Okay. I that's, still, that's I, what I was going to so I think I still a large think group of the large population group, you yeah. think is, I think us like being kind of the bourbon geek. What would you call us percentage wise? I think that's more of the niche market. Like 20% maybe? 25 maybe okay. in today's times. Just That's just, what I was trying to get at. Yeah. Um, I would say. And I, and I would put you in the top one five percent something like that like i have a lot of knowledge but you surpass me tons and it's and and especially lately like i like i said i've been disconnected for probably seven months well yeah but for good reason (laughs) yeah i mean sure but like it would have it should have been something if it was it should have been something that I could have turned to and, and been re- just to get out of you yeah. know whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I, I just haven't. I just, Distraction. I've been, I've been consumed by everything lately. But Tyler is in that seventy five percent. But he'll be the first to tell you that he he makes no qualms about you know he probably knows more than sixty percent of the the bourbon group. Yeah. But he'll be the first to tell you he he wouldn't even probably hold a candle to anyone in this room. And but, that, uh, yeah, and again, I feel like it's and I feel like that you know my channel. That's why I focus so much on trying to you know educate. Yeah. You may not agree with my palate, but I'm going to tell you exactly what's in this bottle and why you should be wary. Yeah. Of what this bottle represents. Well, I know two people in this room that agree with your palate. 
yeah. <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about the I've flying, flying buckeye. Yeah, the flying buckeye. Did you say flying J? Yeah, I did. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> the flying so J. That's a restaurant or a gas station. Someone's been hanging out at a truck stop. I guess Lori holds somewhere. I don't know. Right here in this table. All right. So I thought I saw him at a sheets the other night. Those lips look familiar through the actual stall up to the stall. Yeah. Glory yeah. holes in a sheet. Yeah. Made to go, made to go is something different for him. Made to order. Give it a sheet. MTO right. baby. Before we get too far, because we're already thirty minutes in, let's. You brought something that you think super special. Yeah. So I wanted you guys to try this. Fresh get glass your opinion here. One. Yeah. All right. So this that was, is that was pretty ballsy. This is the. Uh, well, you have carpet down here. So I do have carpet. <laughs> I can't even do it. Carpet. Yeah, so this is uh, a brand that was introduced to me um, actually not that long ago uh, called K. Luke. Um, this is Jonathan Maisano, uh, who's started Maisano's Wine and Spirits. I believe he's in Louisiana, I think. Uh, anyway, he turned his store as like a destination for really good barrel picks. Hmm. And over the course of however many years, he's done about 1,200 of them. Uh, oh, you didn't stop in there when you were there. <laughs> I was in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah, so down, there you go, down there you go to Bucky's. Is there anything? That's, that's is there anything for. other than New Orleans in Louisiana? God, I hope so. That place was trash. <laughs> oh, New Orleans and LSU. That's it. So uh, yeah. the name, the name K. Lou comes from their two children, uh, Caitlin and oh. Luke and Lucas. Oh, I'm so glad cool. you cl- like because I thought it was like Kluke. I didn't see the dot. Like yeah, seriously, there's there's a small dot there. I first pulled yeah. out earlier. Yeah. That's what I said too. So uh, Caitlin and Lucas, and uh, he told me a funny story. He goes, "Yeah," he goes. Luke likes to uh, he come over to sister and be like, hey, you know, my full name's on there. He's like, where are you? She's like, I'm in front. She's like, so I'm better, yeah. So uh, hey. anyway. That's funny. He, uh, he you know, he, he took that, all that experience, and he, you know, he flipped it into a, uh, in, into his, excuse me, his own brand. Uh, one is a 100-proof small batch that he, that he makes, which is actually really just great solid bourbon. It's a little pricey, but again, when you're talking about these blends, you're looking at you know seventy eighty bucks for that, but that's what you're looking at nowadays anyway. Yeah. Now, however, his cast strength blends that he does, um, him and his actually and him and his wife, they sit there and they they test and they they taste, I mean, hundreds of different blends just to find the perfect blend that will uh, that gets deemed as a as a worthy you know bottling. Um, this oh, is oh, you're talking about the bourbon. <laughs> yes, yes. This is uh, this is batch four. This came out a few months ago, and I think it's probably one of the best bourbons I've tried this year. And that includes wow. a lot of the stuff that I've been tasting from the big brands. And you this, said that you put this up against some some really I, impressive stuff. I think it's a poor man's. So he's a huge fan of Four Roses, okay. and I think he blends it that way. Oh yeah, hmm. so trying this, to accomplish that so kind this, of a profile. that type of balance. Yeah. So to me, this is kind of like a poor man's Four Roses Le. Okay. But I'll let you guys judge it. Wow. Just... The only four roses LE I've ever had was at your house. Yeah. So Oh, I thought you had it at the distillery there you over go. there. Not a poor way. Um maybe I I'm no, because I did a I did a um Barrel proof or no, barrel strength. Whatever. I did a um what did I have? Uh an old fashioned is what I ended up having. Oh really? You yeah. had an old fashioned there? Yeah, I did, and it was outstanding. It wasn't as good as the old fashioned I had at Maker's Mark when uh when I went with uh, Chris, or, or sorry, flying. flying <laughs> so, uh, Jason, I don't know if I got to tell you this or not, but I got to go down to um, 
I, I got to take him with me, Maker's Mark. He's a huge Maker's Mark head. Oh, yes. Like, he loves Maker's Mark. Nice. Um, we One got of the to, best experiences yeah, you'll we ever got to have. Do the, 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 the private select down there. Yeah. Yep. And um, it was a really fun experience. They took us to their restaurant, mm-hmm. which isn't quite open yet. Served us, uh, like, a three-course meal, right? Yeah. There was a charcuterie board and some food and a dessert. And um, we had ordered already at the – because they had just opened the new bar up, up top. They hadn't finished the construction on the visitor center at the front, but the bar was open. And mm-hmm. we got the marmalade uh, old-fashioned. Holy oh, cow. Oh, that sounds delicious. good. It is so good. I've been making them here ever since we went. Okay. I've been so – How the hell, how the hell do you the make menu a, there? How do you make a marmalade old-fashioned? Well, so – Orange bitters for All right, one. listen. Hold on, listeners. Get your notepads. It's basically an old-fashioned, <laughs> okay. as normal, but I used uh, orange bitters, okay. and, I, and I muddle an orange, Okay. and what I use is a cutie. I don't use a regular orange. I use a cutie. Oh. Uh, I, I think it gives a little bit more of a, you know, like a... Zest. A, yeah, pop. an orangey kind of pop to it. Yeah, so it, it makes the orange kind of come front and center a little bit more. Uh, and then I use, when I was making them here, I was actually, instead of using Maker's Mark, which is what they use, I think they use the Maker's, uh, uh, regular Maker's cask strength is what I think they used. I was using a Middle West Spirits um, a weeded whiskey cask strength, but I think anything would be fine. Um, and it's just, you know, a standard. And, and then also, instead of using uh, simple syrup, I use maple syrup with mine. Oh, damn. So um, the other thing that I would do is uh, what? Else? So there was one last thing I haven't made one in a couple months. I've been distracted lately, but um, oh, so they put cinnamon on top of it. So I would do a little ramekin of cinnamon. What? Cinnamon. You had me till the cinnamon. I think. Oh no, you would like this. You this is real it. cinnamon. Mm-hmm. This isn't. This isn't okay. big red cinnamon. Okay. So uh, baker cinnamon. Baker cinnamon. Okay. Real sweet. Cinnamon. Yes. Yeah. So okay. I would put the cinnamon in a ramekin. Put the orange. So I slice the orange. Basically, the 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 one that you use for the garnish. Not yeah. the one you muddle. Um, so I would I would take the orange slice and I would do a full you know uh, slice like a, the whole circumference uh, you know a full slice of an orange, and uh, I would dip both sides in it, put it on top of the ice at the very end, and then I even smoked it, which yeah, you they didn't me. smoke it. You had me at cinnamon. It was I, I'm telling you. The, the cinnamon, once it like slowly kind of touches the ice and the ice slowly kind of melts into it, brings it, yeah. it brings it all together. And it's just, a, it's such a really good, uh, and that's what they did there. I don't know. I, I probably didn't make it exactly like them. I just kind of made it up yeah. after, after having a couple of them there. Yeah. And, um, and they put that giant ice cube in the yeah, middle too. Right. Which yeah. I've got, it's I've got those. Heat, but yeah. You got to have the giant ice yeah. cube. Uh, so real quick, this is 117.7 proof. Okay. It's a blend of high rye and low rye bourbons from Kentucky and Indiana. Do you know no, what that means? Uh, NDA, he couldn't tell me who it was, unfortunately. Okay. So, so it might be MGP, might not. It might be... I would imagine the MGP is Indiana. Uh, I mean, as most things, but as far as Kentucky, who knows? Are there any other major like contract distillings or people that, that in Indiana that kind of give out their stuff? In Indiana? Yeah. Um, as far as Indiana goes, man, it's a good question. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think Starlight's doing any contract distilling yet. Um, I don't feel like they're big enough to do that yet. Yeah, probably not. This smells really sweet. It, it smells, smells really good. It smells outstanding. Does that smell good? Yeah. And I think I gave myself a little bit bigger. No, your pour is about the same as mine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I enjoy this I stuff, felt guilty so. when I was like, this yeah. feels a little heavy. And I was like, oh, what? Yeah. i just been going lighter because I, I haven't even had dinner. I haven't been home yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm in scrubs. I haven't been home yet. That's fair. Hopefully, you've got some sort of like contagion or something on you. 
You can probably, be patient probably zero. some poop yeah. on me somewhere. Gonna I walk out so. of here with like so. a tail or some weird shit. Just... Gosh, this smells good. Um, that smells good. So what do you get on the nose there? I'm, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to hit both nostrils. Brown here sugar. There's something else there though that's that's uh, I can't pinpoint. You're getting a lot of uh, what's that called when you listen to people breathe and chew and stuff? <laughs> ASMR or whatever. You're getting some <laughs> ASMR here with my breathing. The ASMR tasting. Yep. Um, Is so, that a hidden thing? Maybe marshmallow. There's some sweetness there, and there's some smokiness. There's some. There's some. Marshmallow cream. All right, I'm gonna take a drink and then go it's back. It's more to of the, the go cream the than the marshmallow for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take a take a sip. I'm curious. Just let that thing hit your palate. It's really creamy. Holy shit, the viscosity yeah, is outstanding. It's crazy. Oh yeah, that's got some really nice viscosity to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you say it's, it's one one sixteen, one seventeen, one seventeen, point seven. Now the the finish, whether it's ethanol or not, is a nice burn. It's mm-hmm. a good long finish. Mm-hmm. And now I I kind of let this hug. yeah I kind of let this uh, sit in my mouth a little bit before just to see what the viscosity was before I swallowed it. So there might be a little bit more coming up there vapor wise, but it's like a cream saver. You remember those those oh, candies, yeah. huh? those cream saver oh, candies? Yeah, yeah. I think it's got this really nice balance. What what has impressed me most about this where. Like, and again, I don't know. I don't know the ages of this. Now go back to the nose. But it comes off like a little bit leathery, tobacco-y. Yeah. That's, that's definitely the age. There. But then, yeah. but on the palate, it's like citrus and and um and like sweet cream. And, yes. and there's like this. But then go back to the nose after you taste it, and I, I think the nose transforms a little bit. It's not. It's not that because that's the leathery stuff I was getting mm-hmm. on the nose at the beginning. Now everything I kind of tasted in the on the palate. On the second nose, I feel like it's there now. Like there's some oh, yeah. sweetness on the nose. There's Slow. some creaminess. If the, if you can smell creaminess, there's some creaminess to it. Smelling the creaminess. <laughs> Does that smell like bleach? Better than a sheets bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, don't knock it till you try. There's it. one. There's one. There's one flavor I get on here that's kind of sneaky in the background. I'm not sure if you guys have. I'll wait. Well, don't say anything. I'm not going to say. I'm, it I'm letting this kind of. All evolve. I'm going to say it's a dark fruit note, but I'm going to. I'm not going to say which one. I'm going to say that I this get it is in the, in the, I see in the very background. I, I see the comparison. I I really like the flavor of this. I, I would liken but this. But do you see the kind of the Four yeah, Roses balance? No, I would liken this almost to a Four Roses single barrel like barrel strength. Mm-hmm. Like this is a. It's really good. I'm kind of getting. But that creaminess I'm getting, that's something I don't normally get from Four Roses. That's a That's a good call out. Um, so there's uh, flavor wise, yes, viscosity and, and that extra creaminess. That's, that's something extra that I like. I love the finish on this because it doesn't, it doesn't take the ethanol all the way down there. Gotta be kind of sits here. It sounds like a larger man. Hope to God that's not Trino <laughs> after saying that. Oh boy. Oh shit. Oh boy. Oh, but she's carrying a whole bunch of stuff. Oh yeah. All right. Oh, okay. now it's Tyler. Okay. Yeah, so. she's, she's she's carrying stuff. <laughs> Yikes! I should have probably checked before I said she didn't hear anything. No, but you know what? Actually, ever she since the flood, anyway. ever since the flood, right there when you come in the house, mm-hmm. you walk the whole house creaks. So he's going to have to screw down some of that subflooring mm-hmm. afterwards and, and tighten it back up. But like something came loose there, and it's just not the same. I hate when it gets loose and it's not tight anymore. Right. There's well, the, we're going to do a procedure to to correct that. Tight, oh, that's tighten good. it back up, nice. kind of stitch couple, it back together. Couple screws, yeah, a couple yeah. Of extra stitches. 
But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think you could put this bourbon up with against some of the some of the major like releases I've had this year. It's better than Blood Oath, Pack Nine, which I got. It's better than. Um, How is that one? I I saw that release. It's it's okay. It didn't. It's okay. I'll be honest. The last few years, those blood oaths don't like impress me a ton. Like no. some of the early they ones, hit their, they hit their stride when they did. I think the the rum release, the rum one's good, and then the one right after that was good too. But the, the cognac, 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 cognac. One. I like cognac one. I was a fan of. Yeah, the rum one was pretty good. The yeah. sherry, the sherry one. This pack nine has a little bit of like that sulfur note to it, which is like you know eggs and yeah, it's, just, it's weird. Ooh. It's a little off to me. Um, Same with that um, French wine one they did, or what the was that? Calvados cask, Ca- yeah, which is I an didn't... apple brandy finish. Yeah, yeah. I did. That, that didn't was okay. do it for me either. That one was okay. The, one the rum, the, the rum one thing the I brandy, do feel like they cognac. do well is is of their blend, only one of them is finished. You know, yeah. So I thought that because it's subtle, yeah, which I like. Um, it I think it's, sometimes it's too subtle. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. The last couple, I agree. Um, Chris has to head out, um, but thank you for joining in. Right, that was that was pretty good actually. Yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks for bringing that what, Cedar Ridge. That was cool. And what did you think okay. about before you leave? What did you think about this K Luke? You know, I don't think you said specifically what right, you thought. Yeah, no, I, I brought up the cream. I brought up well, marshmallow. He finished it. Did you finish it? No, no, no. It's, oh, there's my, a little bit. I'll, I'll finish it still. Glasses empty. You know, <laughs> you brought up you brought up a good point that the the nose changed a little bit after you let it sit on the mm-hmm. pal a little yeah. bit. He had it go down. Um, to use the term, I get a little bit of that dragon, like you talked about, that Kentucky yeah. hug. Yeah. I like that Kentucky uh, hug. I do too. Yeah. When, it, when it's not does. ethanol, when it's when it's just a natural component of the flavor, yeah. and it's like the spiciness of the rye, or, or the you know maybe it's the, the part of the high rye blend that's yeah. coming through, because mm-hmm. that's kind of what I get here. I don't I don't think it drinks like a one seventeen. No. I think it drinks like maybe a, a lot of five or a one hundred. What or something. you get, you get just a lot of flavor and viscosity from something only one hundred seventeen proof. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Yeah, like I would guess that that's higher. I I would think. What was the age statement? There is no age statement okay. on it, which I like. I do too. It's it makes but it fun, but it's dark. So you think it's probably going to be a little older. I mean, generally you know, the stuff coming, six. generally the stuff being sourced out of MGP right now is anywhere from four to six years. Yeah. Um. He, I mean, you never know if if he had access to stuff that's a little bit older. It really depends on the person and the buyer. But it's not a lot of stuff coming out of MGP that people are sourcing that are coming out over five or six years. How much of the stuff coming out of MGP then gets aged again? for a year in whatever state they're in to be able to call it that. Again, it depends who it is. I mean, a, a great example is, you know, the Houdini Nashville Barrel Company. Yeah. They'll buy stuff and, and age it for in a Tennessee. Year in for, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't know how often that happens, like if, if they add an additional age to well, it. Well, that's what, to... uh, so Nashville Barrel Company started their own line called Nash Tucky. Yeah. Where they where they're where they're buying stuff out of Kentucky and they're aging it in Nashville and they're calling it Nash Tucky and they're okay. sourcing everything from Beam to Buffalo Trace to uh, Heaven Hill. They're they're just Did grabbing a lot that, of stuff now. Are they being called out for something recently? Nashville Barrel Company. Did is something going on with them? I haven't heard anything. I don't okay. Know what, I don't know what you've heard. No, and I haven't heard anything. I just thought I heard someone say something about them, and I I thought if anyone knew, you would. So maybe I just maybe that person's just an idiot. Um, it wasn't Tyler. Yeah, so. but I, I love the balance of this bourbon. I think it's an absolutely fantastic blend. Before you leave, Ted Lasso, you've watched eight episodes. What's your take so oh, far? Man. Wait a second. So, so, all right. So, Buckeye, what's his, what's his nickname? Flying Buckeye. Chris, Flying yeah, Buckeye. Chris, yeah, 
So have you watched all three seasons? No. no he's only so, watched eight episodes so far. The first eight. I've been given a challenge, and he gave me oh, – he was going to okay, give okay. me your Apple login. I did, and then I forgot. And Turns out – <laughs> yeah, I, I had a three-month free membership, whatever, at Apple okay. TV. So I've been trying that. Okay. A couple episodes ago, we talked about Ted Lasso and how great it was. And all – these two said it was great. No, I haven't watched Brett, it. Brett's never watched it. I've oh, never watched, watched it. it. Oh, I just oh, – I have okay, the okay. presence of two people, so I think that's probably where <laughs> you're – I'm just – Oh my God! It, whenever I whenever I trump Tyler, I think that I just have that presence, and he just immediately even under challenging circumstances in the last seven months, dude keeps it right. Well, I just you know, keeps did you ever 10. watch Fred? Keeps it at ten. Did you ever watch the Flintstones? Yeah. When Fred Flintstone would get yelled at by his boss, and he would just shrink down and shrink down. That's my goal to make Tyler feel like that as much as possible. <laughs> Small person right. as possible. See, that's not I the case it. though. You know what? You know what Tyler is. Tyler Tyler is Dino in the back, yeah. not paying attention to Fred Flintstone. Right. <laughs> All over the place. Hundred percent. Often wrong, but never in doubt. Yes, that's that, right. That is his trade. That that's is his right. trademark. So uh, sorry. I love the beaker impression too. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> that's the second beaker uh, reference in two days for me, Who did? which is kind of funny. Love actually three days. It was Sunday at uh, oh, volleyball. Three days. We got to keep it going. So Ray, real quick before he tells his quick story, yeah. did anyone get the the flavor I was talking about? Was grape soda. I would never oh, would have gotten I that. Never would have, nope. No, I don't. You're not getting grape soda. I'm no. getting. I'm totally. Maybe it's like grape, like gum. I'm getting something grapey in there. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong because as you said that, I'm swallowing a, a taste. I tried another one. Yeah. And there's something there for sure in the background. I just don't know what it is. All right, now that Tyler's walked in, before Tyler leaves, tell us your take on Ted Lasso so far. Real hot take so far. I'm only on. I've got two episodes left in season one. So now his argument will be that season one was amazing. So that's so you're not really going to season one was amazing. Yeah. Okay. What are you? You're missing the pitch here. Wait, wait, What's wait, going wait. on? No, you haven't. But you have to watch just, the other two uh, or three. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If I'm if I'm good? reading if I'm reading the tea leaves, I know what his complaints okay. will be about season three. So, but you go about season one. Season one's great. So. Yeah. I see the overarching uh, plot here of this, you know, idiot from America who's set up for failure, and mm-hmm. he's actually trying to turn it around. You get this hotshot all-star that is supposed to be God's gift to soccer or football, and they're quick. Football. I love how football. his voice changed a little yeah. bit. Football. 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 <laughs> he, he turned into a Russian. Mob- yeah, he turned mobster. into like a Russian mobster. Yeah, yeah. I will kill you. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, but anyway, they're, they're grounding you know the star player, and they're mm-hmm. bringing up this old uh, season veteran is trying to lead the pack, but Fuck. he doesn't want to change the the locker room, right? Right. Oh, no, Roy Kent. <laughs> no, Roy always, Kent. His his trade his oh, trademark fuck. is just yeah. fuck. What's that? <laughs> we could. We could make this a Ted Lasso. Hey, don't episode. interrupt him. Let him give his Ted. He's got to leave. So let him give his Ted Lasso. But anyway, uh, so there's the overall plot, plot. But you got subplots going on about mm-hmm. you know the marriage thing that's going on, or you know the the, the veteran that's got to step up and, and change the locker room. Mm-hmm. And you even brought in the the trap or the, the the uniform boy who is supposed to have this crappy low level job. He's designing plays and he he's part of the process too. So they're bringing up the low guys. Giving them a you know big role. There's a lot going on in this overarching plot. A lot happens in the next two years. Don't listen to this podcast because we're going to get into it after you leave about more of what you just said. Yeah. And season, we don't want to ruin season anything. Because season two will blow your mind. Okay. Just, yeah. just I love the that. one-liners, though, too. It's, oh. it's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, he's got, good he's got so many good like, so, motivational one-liners. And so th- without spoiling anything, what I love about the show, and I still loved it all the way to the end, all the way to the end, 
is that he was this guy that was just overlooked, had no, uh, no one gave him really any credit for anything. And he ends up being this guy that comes in and you, you see the brilliance in it by the end of the show that he wasn't hired because of his knowledge of football. Uh, he was he was hired for his ability to read people and manage people and get them to where they need to be. And that's why he was hired. That's why that's where his brilliance comes in. And he's not this mastermind of sports or mastermind of anything. He's kind of a bumbling American idiot. In the well, that's British, what they want. That's yeah. that's what he comes off on in the surface. But what he's not an idiot for is how his read on people sure. and how he reads people and motivates people. And that was kind of the whole point of it. And if you watch an interview of, of him uh, talking about Ted Lasso, he's basically saying he's just this happy-go-lucky guy yeah. that just always looks at the positive. And, you know, he's he may come off as an idiot, but he's really not an idiot. And, it, and if you watch the show, the more and more you get into it, you're going to see he's not as much of an idiot as, as he's made out to be. He's just a guy that doesn't care what anyone thinks about him and just wants everyone to just have, you know, a good experience yeah. in mm-hmm. life. And that's just that's his goal. He was yeah. uncouth methods. Like when he left yeah. the match mid midway and went up there and asked the owner's booth, like, hey, I'm gonna bench this asshole. Can I do it? Yeah. And they're like, whatever, you do what you want. One yeah. of my favorite <laughs> quotes is uh what is he what did he say? Uh, I always say it to um, uh, a challenge is kinda like riding a horse. If you're if you're if you're comfortable while you're doing it, you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what I will say is, I don't know any of the Ted Lassoisms. Uh, like I couldn't spout any of them out. I'll have to watch the show again before I start recognizing those. But there are so many like American fish out of water uh, euphemisms or whatever you want to call them uh, that he they says throughout the show that that, that people well. you can just see in England they're just like what the fuck are well, you talking yeah. about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. but like they're, they're for us as being Americans yeah. watching the show they're great but really when he says it to the whole yeah, yeah, but when it, when he yeah. says it when he says it to the whole soccer team, which is from and I they're mean, all Mexico, just, Nigeria, they're all looking uh-huh. at it, yeah, and, and they're, they're all, but it, they they kind of ponder lost. on it, and then they're kind of like, eh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Like, but that's not till like season two or so when they got used to him saying that exactly. Shit. exactly. So like season two, you start seeing them like. Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, so it's kind of funny. And, and the show evolves, and I think it evolves in a great way. Tyler dis- disagrees. I'm going to let you read the tea leaves and, and tell I'm us why, what leaves. you think before Tyler goes off. Sure. Chris, thanks for coming, man. Absolutely. Thanks for bringing thanks your for Cedar Ridge. Flying yes. Buckeyes. I hope it was, yeah, to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed the Cedar Ridge. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it was, it it was definitely interesting. I'll keep an eye on them. Shout out that's... to the guys in Swisher, Iowa. Yeah, yeah. And, and Fred Minnick. And you've brought something every time you've been on lately, so thank Absolutely, you for doing yeah. that, too. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, that's kind of what it's about. Yeah. He's already he's already making bread and, pick and Tyler look bad because they never bring anything. Well, everything I have, you probably already have. I know. I know. We belong to the same club, so yeah. So, all right, I think this is a great point to wrap up this episode and uh, join us next week as we continue on this conversation and we tag out Flying Buckeye for uh, Tyler and see what his thoughts are on Ted Lasso. And we continue just drinking and talking about life and uh, discussing the bourbon industry. Thanks for joining in, guys. See you next week.
Thank you for joining in for yet another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a good rating on Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you are listening. It definitely helps us to get great guests on our show. And follow us on Instagram and the Facebooks to keep up to date with what is in our glass. As always, sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy some bourbon. Bourbon.